0: Charm Diamond Centers.
1: Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to save 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm
0: Diamond Centers.
1: Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love.
0: Charm Diamond Centers.
1: 0% interest financing, trade up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good.
2: up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you very much, Lisa. Oilers Nation Radio, episode 144. I am Bagged Milk. I'm here with Tyler Remchuk, Rick, and Nation Dan. We are going to break down the week that was for the Edmonton Oilers, as well as the NHL. We've got a new segment that we're bringing in this week. So we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we start off, as always, shouting out our friends at Sherwood Ford, on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford, and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. I'm looking outside. I can see my parking space from here, and I still don't see a Bronco out there. I was hoping that by the time we started recording, there'd be a brand new Bronco out there. But maybe next week. Maybe next week. I know you got them, Sherwood Ford. I saw them on your Instagram.
2: Just DM Sherwood Ford with your personal address. And then that way they know for sure.
1: Oh, they have my address. They definitely have hey, my address.
4: We, I'm, we can go pick them up too. Like, let's not put this all on them. They don't have to deliver them to us.
1: That's fair. We can, that is true. Our,
4: we can all get ourselves down there. You know what? We can take care of that part. Just provide them and we'll find our way to the to the. Tyler
2: dealership. Tyler can come all the way from St. Albert, pick us all up on the way, and then just leave his ride there because he's got a new Ford Bronco.
1: I also realized yeah. that maybe my ask was too aggressive. Four different colors, you know, maybe it's, they could be four of the cool. same color, you know? Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, we could, we can switch up the decals. It, yeah. it doesn't have to be four different colors. Either way, the convoy around the Henday would look just as good no matter what. So Sherwood Ford, follow them on social media at Sherwood Ford on Twitter, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant on Instagram. Service, parts, whatever you need for your whip. Head on out to Sherwood Park. They got you covered. Tyler, What is our Sherwood Ford giant question of the week, please?
0: Our Sherwood Ford giant question of the week is one I sent out to the masses. I put it out on our Instagram, on our Twitter, and our boy Waz put it out on TikTok. Um, What is your biggest question when it comes to the Oilers offseason right now? What is the one thing that you desperately want an answer to? That is this week's Sherwood Ford giant question. And once we give our answers, we're going to take questions
1: from the audience, and then we're going to answer those as well. We've got so much knowledge to give and I feel like we would be remiss to not just bless you all with the things yep. in our heads, you know? Yep. All right, Dan, I'm looking at you first. You're up on my screen. What is your biggest off season question for the Edmonton Oilers? Oh,
2: for me, like I have a running theme now and it, for me, it's it's going to be goaltending and what our goaltending situation is going to look like next year. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and question Mike Smith But the reality of time is at some point, he's not going to be a Vesna caliber goalie. And uh, I don't think Miko Koskinen is the answer to back him up anymore. So I would like to know what the Oilers are going to do with both Miko Koskinen or Mike Smith. And also if there's going to be a new goalie in our mixed uh, other than Alex Stalock. So yeah, the goaltending is my big question mark.
1: I also think it's going to be interesting too, because Alex Stalock is still around as well. It's not like mm-hmm. he's not going to be battling for a job. Who knows how that turns out, but he's cheap. He's uh he's got one year left on his deal. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think that's right. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he factors into the mix as well. Tyler, your biggest off season question.
0: Yeah. I'm actually going to agree with Dan on this one. Uh, I just look at the goaltending and when you look at, or let's take a bigger picture, look at it to start like with the blue line. We know a lot of the pieces that are coming back. We're pretty sure Adam Larson's getting re-signed. you got Darnell Nurse. You know, you got Bear. You got Bouchard. You might end up still having Jones. Like, however that shakes out, the blue line's going to look largely the same. And even if it is an issue next season, I don't think it'll be as big or a big enough issue to sink them right out of the gate, right? And same thing with the offense. If they were to return the same top six, top nine that they did last season, It's probably good enough to get them into a playoff spot. It just wouldn't be a significant upgrade, but still like it wouldn't sink them on the goaltending. If they get that wrong and if whatever chance Ken Holland takes is wrong, then that might sink them out of the gates here. And it might become a legitimate issue that could potentially ruin their season if we're taking a a pessimistic look at things. Um, so that's, that's the one big question I have is what's going to happen with the goaltending. And the reason it's a, it's an interesting question on top of that is there's so many different ways Ken Holland could go on the trade market. You have a guy like Merz Lickens, you have a guy like Darcy Kemper who could potentially get moved. There's a situation in Dallas where they have three goalies right now. And, you know, two of them in uh, Ottinger and Hudobin. Uh, they might have to expose one of them to Seattle. So there's a lot of ways like a team like Dallas might have to do some interesting stuff, There's so many goalies on the market, whether it's trade or free agency, that are varying ages and skill levels and cap hits that there's so many different ways Holland could go. For me, the biggest question is, what's going to happen with the goaltending?
1: The more I think... We're going to talk about expansion a little bit, but Tyler, since we're talking about goaltending, do the Oilers have to protect Koskinen because he's got the limited no move? No. Well, that's good.
0: Yeah, Uh, they can can choose whatever they want with him because it's a... Limited no trade as well, I believe. I don't think it's a full no move. I'm double-checking Puckpedia right now, but I believe that's the
1: case. Uh, while no Tyler's looking while Tyler's looking that up, it is a no trade?
0: Yeah, modified no trade, 15-team list.
1: All right. Rick, biggest question for the offseason. How are
4: they going to solidify their top six? Uh, we had a little bit of a, of a question mark in Yamamoto's season. Are we confident he's going to bounce back into... Um, a guy who can pr- produce uh, on that second line. How are they going to deal with the nudge? Uh, what else are they going to add down that left side? We know we have two of the best scorers in the world. Um, I think Puliyarvi was a step in the right direction, so no reason to think that that won't continue forward. But how are they going to solidify that top six? How are they going to sl- solidify the area around uh, Connor and Leon? You can't, they can't do all the heavy lifting for us. Uh, you look around at the teams right now and still left in the playoffs. They have more than just two scorers. Um, I think our defense is fine. And goaltending, you guys are right. But if I went with goaltending, it would be kind of boring to listen to. So um, we need to find a way to solidify that top six. We have the two most important pieces there already. Uh, I think we have two more very good pieces in Puli And I do believe Yamamoto bounces back. But the left side is question mark right now. If Nuge is back, I'm happy. But how, wh- who's that sixth player we're going to bring in? So that top six is what uh, has me worried right now.
1: I was also going to say the top six, like what's going to happen in the top six. First, if Nuge comes back, okay, that's great. I'd be happy, obviously, president and CEO of the fan club. How, that would be one fewer top six winger they need. I think the idea of getting two top six left wingers is unrealistic, personally, in one offseason. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, we're going to talk about Nugent Hopkins a little bit more. I was actually going to be my biggest question, but again, I don't want this to be boring. So I'll change it up and go the right side on the defense. I'm assuming Tyson Berry is gone, that he's leaving for greener pastures and bigger bank accounts. Would Does anybody yeah. disagree?
0: I, I'm not disagreeing with that no. at all. I, I, I think... Ken Holland's been actually pretty blunt with his comments about Evan Bouchard as well this past season, kind of saying like he's done at the American league level, he's coming up. And when you look at that, unless they plan on moving a piece on the right side, I I just can't see them bringing back Tyson Berry. And I think there will be a team out there who's trying to push themselves into that contender status. who will look at a guy who just led the NHL in points by a defenseman and go, yeah, I'd give that guy five by five or five by six or whatever it ends up being. Um, I think Barry's gone.
1: So my question then is, will the Oilers be comfortable bringing back a right side of their defense that has so little experience overall? Larson, he's played 600 plus games. Got it. Bouchard, he's just entering his NHL career. He's just getting started. He's just scratching the surface, if you will. Bear is also, despite playing two years now, he's also a young guy. If you look at the teams that are in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, I don't see that little experience on their blue line. So just to make things different, I guess my biggest question is: are we going to come back with more or less the same defense? Obviously, question uh Clefbaum would be a huge ad if he is able to return, but we don't know. How is the defense going to look at the start of 2021-2022? How much change is there going to be? Are we going are we comfortable going with some younger players and expecting them to contribute? Or is Ken Holland going to try and fish for some more experience there? Does he think he needs it? Gregor wrote about that on oethersnation.com this past week. I don't know. Maybe. I don't have an answer. That's why it's a question. Is anybody concerned about experience on defense as it stands right now, or do you think we're okay?
4: I'm, I'm not worried about experience by like games played. Uh, I think we might need to add um, obviously at least one more to the left side, depending on what uh, Bomb does. And I think our right side comes back the way it is right now, unless they go for Dougie, in which case I think you could see um, them trying to flip bear afterwards. But I don't see yeah any, I don't see any other guy on the UFA list and I don't really see a big enough need to uh to alter our right side if not for just that one that one type of player.
1: I think it is a question mark though, right? Cuz like man, it wouldn't it be great if it was June 18th right now and we knew what the fuck was going on with Oscar Kluftbomb. Like is he going to play? Is he not? Because that Do you think
4: he keeps do you think he keeps a bit of a question mark on it so it's going to help us to uh not um, protect him and give more of a reason for Seattle to go, you know what, maybe we won't touch this guy. And this is some sort of behind the scenes, you know, buddy, buddy type of situation where he's not going to give the information. It allows us to hold somebody else and keep keeps Seattle from taking them. And we're going to end up prosperous at the end of it.
1: Tyler, you're shaking your head here. I, I think, I think that that too might hopeful. Be,
0: I think it's a little bit too hopeful. I, I think if the Oilers thought he was coming back, they would just protect him and and that would kind of be the end of it. If there was any sort of buddy buddy stuff, it's probably with the Larson extension maybe not getting done before uh before the expansion draft and when Seattle's in their sort of negotiating window with him. He might just play Larson might just play along and be like, oh yeah, maybe. I don't know. I haven't signed anything, blah, blah, blah. But I think for for Clefbaum, they legitimately don't know what's going to happen still. And that's something I honestly think Ken Holland probably needs a firm answer from Kleppbaum and the doctors on within the next like four weeks here. And I would expect we're going to hear some sort of news because you can't go into a big offseason like this and be sitting there going, well, we might have who would a guy who would be our second best defenseman in the lineup for opening night. Or we Mm -hmm. might not. And we don't know about that four point one million dollar cap it like those are just. Those yep. are question marks you can't have going into a, an offseason where you're trying to take your team from like playoff to cup contender.
4: I Couldn't you have you. talked to him? Couldn't you have talked to him and said, "Hey, how are you feeling right now? Talk to the doctor." Well, how he spent a lot
0: of time in Edmonton, so I think they might if, have like a potential idea. Like, I think they might know like a vague I mean. percentage.
4: So, like, hey, are you on track? Yes, he's on track. Um, what do you think the odds are going forward that he's going to be hundred? And then Oscar, if you're a hundred, are you playing? Where do you yeah. think your line is? These are all conversations I think they would have had by now, and it'll give them a lot more information on the future than we than what we yeah. have. I, I think well, that's right. Um, yeah. I was just, yeah. just going to say. And if like, you keep talking we, like that, then you can be like, hey, if, if we just don't say anything, nobody, there's going to be too many questions out there, and other teams are going to go whatever, and they have the, the dialogue on the inside.
2: I I truly believe in my heart of hearts that Oilers management knows the situation with clef and where, and what the timeline is. They're just not going to let us know because it's just not information that we need to have out there and, and that they need to have out there with Seattle sniffing around. And I think, I think Rick's right to a certain extent, but I also agree with Tyler that the minute that we see that expansion list, we know exactly where Clef bombs timeline is at. It's either he's coming back or he's probably never going to play hockey again. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at in that, in that sensibility. And I, and I just, really do believe and maybe i'm naive in thinking this and i'd love to hear from an actual player as to whether it is true or not but the organization i would hope checks in on these guys every once in a while especially if they've got a major question mark like they do with Clefbaum.
0: well he spent like a significant amount of time in edmonton like he did that he did his post little press conference there so i don't yeah like the oilers are obviously keeping tabs on this thing i just i still think i don't even think oscar Clefbaum knows right now if he's going to play it all next season i think there's still like a long ways to go with that stuff. And it's it, the Oilers will find out eventually. Like, I don't think it's going to be one of those things where like a week before training camp, we're sitting there being like, I wonder if Clef reporting in seven days. Hey, is he coming back? Where is he? I don't well, know. Can you
1: imagine? That'd be fucking wild. It's
2: the activity. Yeah, we're not do, going right? that.
0: We're not going that far. I don't think, but can you imagine if I we did? Don't though, know. if the Oilers were like, we don't know. He that's won't tell ex- us. He that's extremely
2: Steve Tambellini kind of stuff, where you just sit back and you have no idea, no indication from the organization. They haven't made a transaction to bring in a left a lefty, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh yeah, Oscar Clefbaum done for the season."
4: We'd talk about that one that one particular thing for a whole sixty minutes, no problem.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'd but- have an emergency podcast.
1: So, so far what we've got here for our giant question is the goal tending is one question. Can we get the top six done is another. And mine was, is the same defense coming back more or less? If you have a question that is not one of those three, although I think we pretty much covered it really.
4: There's at least one, there's at least one good one out there too.
1: If you have a question that you want to know, hit us up. on radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We are going to include you guys in the podcast a little bit more. We'll get to that in a second. I want to know. I want to know. What is your biggest off-season question for the Edmonton Others? Hit us up. Next, I want to thank our friends at Skip the Dishes for making sure that I stay fed and making sure that I am nourished. I'm not a great cook. I admit it. But I do like to eat. So I like to go and choose from thousands of restaurants from around the city, different cuisines, different flavors, different areas even. SkipTheDishes.ca, whatever you want. Get something to eat this weekend. Tip your driver. Maybe try something new. I encourage it. I encourage you to expand your horizons. We're talking expansion drafts, so we might as well just get into it a little bit more. Um, I want to read you guys this tweet from Pierre Lebrun. Hearing from team execs around the NHL that there's still some sticker shock to what Kraken GM Ron Francis wants in return for side deals for teams with protection issues who wait, may want some certainty. TikTok, the poker game is on. We're one month away. So when Vegas came in a few years back, they made 15 trades in expansion based on what I could find on, uh, from Sinbin Vegas. So 15- oh, so
4: they, they made a trade with half the league? I was just going to ask that off the top of your
2: head. Like do you there know wasn't how many teams three that was? Trades, like there, no, teams, there were, three no, trades there on were multiple team. trades with same team. Yeah, yeah.
1: So oh, okay. 15 total trades um, right. were made. That's uh, from Simden Vegas, had the breakdown on that. You can check that out there. Do you guys think that GMs have learned anything from what happened in Vegas or with Vegas, I should say? Or do you think we're going to still see the same number of weird transactions to try and protect certain players, leave other guys alone, Leave head scratchers available, guys that you may not have thought were going to get protected, protected. What do you guys think is going to happen? Are we going to beat? I guess my question is, are we going to beat 15 trades for Seattle, or did these guys learn something? Did the hockey men learn something?
0: I think where they've learned their lesson, and Frank Saravalli's talked about this a little bit, is they won't trade with Seattle as much. They'll trade with other teams more. Like, I think you'll see a few more, like a team has two goalies. They're going to lose one of them, but then they'll go to a team who maybe has an extra defenseman and like pull off a trade there where it's like, all right, you take our goalie. Cause you need goalie. We'll take your defenseman. The values might not even line up here, but now we're both losing like a shitty depth forward instead of one of these more key pieces. And I think we'll see a bit more of that. I even think the Oilers are in a great spot to do that. I think teams will be very, very hesitant to load up the Seattle Kraken again, I think that'll make them nervous. And I do think there'll actually be a lot of teams in GMs who just kind of are stubborn about it and they'll sit there cross their arms and go take your player we don't give a shit and i think at that point it'll be interesting to see how ron francis kind of responds because if you're ron francis and let's say you're pro scouts everything you see you're you're talking edmonton they don't like caleb jones for whatever reason i'm just using a hypothetical here by the way but they go you know what he's not going to be in our top six with everyone else we have plucked out we really don't want caleb jones we would prefer if the Oilers gave us a third round pick and said, take James or Zach Cassian or whoever it is. Right. So if you're Ron Francis, do you eventually start like, you know, softening your asking price a little bit? Are there some bad contracts around the league that you look at and go might be more of a player there than maybe the team that currently has them recognizes? And if they're going to give us a second round pick, we'd like to do it. But the team with the player is like, nope, we're not getting whatever by you. We're not getting screwed you're taking whoever you want off our roster. I think there's going to be some interesting mind games being played here.
2: I will, after the show is over, I'm going to go look and see what the names of GMs were back then as opposed to now. And I'm going to guess that it's about 23 of them still have jobs with, with either their organization or another organization. So for me, hockey GMs is a circle and there's off. There's very rare times that we see where a GM learns their lesson um, that is that is doing the thing. And so I, I believe that these GMs still think that they know more than the other GM on the other end of the table in, in Ron Francis. And so for me, I don't think they have learned their, from their mistakes. The one thing I do think that they have taken away from it is the prep work ahead of time. Tyler kind of alluded to it that more teams, I think, are set up to make transactions with other squads and are able to be able to make transactions themselves uh, than they were with the Vegas expansion. And I don't know if that's necessarily – uh, just because they were planning for the Seattle expansion or if it was just a, a factor of knowing that there was an expansion coming. And so they started to kind of gear their contracts and build their team in that sense. Um, but yeah, for me, I I do believe that there is still going to be a Florida GM mistake debacle where Seattle is going to look like, look like geniuses for the transactions that they make with them. Uh, but I, on on the whole, I don't think that the Seattle Kraken are going to get much better like Vegas did, I think more teams will get better based off of the fact that they're able to victimize teams that are up tight against the uh, expansion protection numbers. Rick, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I don't see I don't see Vegas. Or sorry, yeah, I don't see Seattle getting um, the same quality that Vegas got. Uh, I think there'll be a little more hesitancy in making deals. Um, it might make Francis ease up on his asking price then, as you as you push closer to the deadline. Like he's like, this is what Vegas got, and we're like that's what vegas got so we're not doing that and then as you get close to the deadline maybe it starts to soften um uh francis's side of things but you're always gonna see you'd rather go down with the with the bat you'd rather go down swinging than the bat on your shoulders right so some trades like i don't i don't remember vegas making winning more than two or three massive deals and then a couple you know just wins and probably some losses out there that we don't remember as well, right? Like, they were... I think we remember it being a little bit better than it actually was. Did they win when they got James Neal there? Like, it's there's so many players there that I have question marks about, but the ones that are still there, and they've done a fantastic job. Obviously, they've been a very good team pretty much from the drop of the puck. So, it is what it is. I don't think Seattle will be as good as what Vegas is, though. I think the GMs will be a little more scared to make that do. Well, and I think think
1: think you make a good point where I was looking through some of these trades and I think what Vegas did a really good job of, and I wonder if Seattle will match is that they got a shit ton of draft picks is what part of their return. And they just, they flipped those for other shit as be it as part of a package or on, on its own. So I wonder how many draft picks Seattle is going to be able to collect because I think, and this is just, I'm just talking out loud here. Like if you're going to trade a pick, would this year not be the one to move? because of just how weird everything has been some guys have played more games than others Has mm-hmm. the scouting been as active like they haven't been as much in-person scouting i would imagine a lot more video work is this the year to move more draft picks so that's what i'm more curious about. or is this
0: the year where you could find a diamond in the rough where if Perhaps. you think right like the the buffalo randomness Sabres of the draft so. yeah well, fucking buffalo has like eight people in their whole scouting department so i don't know what they're thinking with that Um, just quickly on the Vegas topic, Derek England, who was uh, one of the first players selected by the golden Knights in the expansion draft. He was on the DFO rundown earlier this week, and he told a story about their mindset in that season and how at the beginning of things, all the veteran guys on the team kind of talked and were like, you know, we're, we're going to play hard for each other. And at the deadline, we're going to get moved to contenders because this team's going to get draft picks. And he's talked about how in the first few months of the season, they were kind of winning and everyone was having so much fun there. And then they went out and they swept on one road trip, Tampa, Washington, and Pittsburgh. And he said, after that, he got together with some of the veteran guys. And I'm paraphrasing his story here, but they got together and they were like, you know, if we keep winning, they won't trade us. Like if we keep this going and like we control our fate, if we want to stay in Vegas and they all did, they were like. All we have to do is keep winning hockey games and they'd be stupid (laughs) to trade us to contenders. And he talked about how one of the motivating factors in that run was all of them sitting there and like deciding we don't want to get traded. So we better keep fucking playing good. It was funny. It was a great interview.
1: Well, I do wonder how much like Vegas right now is in the final four again. Uh, They don't have to do expansion also. Um, I wonder if there's any kind of like, I'm just thinking about me personally and I'm a small man. I'll admit that right here. And now to all of you, I wonder if there's any of it that just like, they look at how successful Vegas has been. And I I know there's they've after the expansion draft, they've collected a bunch of pieces like the Petro Angelos, all that shit. I get it. But I wonder if there's any part of some of these GMs that look at the Vegas Knights and be like, that fucking team is better than mine right now. It just pisses me off. I'm not going to do this bullshit with Seattle. And they just kind of go the route with that. Tyler said, where it's just like, we're going to lose a guy. But why should I also give you a pick for whatever? I would rather trade with the Bruins or the Hurricanes or something else like that to try and make something work. I have no interest in just introducing another really solid NHL team. And for the Oilers, that'll be in our division, you know? Yeah. I wonder if well, there's that, like, saltiness in there. Because if it was me, I would be salty about how good Vegas is. Damn I am right, salty about be- it.
2: And like, well, and the crazy thing to me too is that, it, you know, they've got, Vegas has gone on the record a few times as saying like this wasn't the plan their plan was to win was to be competing for a cup within five years like five years down the road bill foley was going to be 80 years old their owner and and was going to be the you know that was going to be when they were going to be pushing for the cup and then everything just changed and i think you're going to probably see that with seattle a little bit too just because when you put these players together and they've all been exposed and they've all been told by their team that they're not the top eight or nine players on their team they can come out and they can perform and they're going to shock some people with their performances we saw it with marches we saw it with we're seeing it with tuck we're seeing it with a guy like even like mark stone who's come in you know as a sixth round pick from the ottawa senator so it's just the it's just natural that that stuff is going to happen i just don't think that they're going to have the same level of success that vegas had and and i don't think it'll ever happen again to that level it was a it was a special moment to be a part of but yeah now there's just there's just no way that other teams are going to let that kind of stuff fly
1: With expansion, before we wrap up expansion, I just want to go around the horn. This is, we got about a month and change until the expansion draft. This is, I want our way too early predictions on who the Edmonton Oilers will lose. So I'll write these down. I'll say, these are our predictions. We'll tweet them out. Um, This will be our record and see how close we get. Uh, Dan, you are the big guy on my screen right now.
2: Who is your- just the big guy in general.
1: (laughs) And in my heart, buddy. And I want to know, who's your way too early prediction? That the Oilers are going to lose an expansion.
2: Well, I don't want to just go boring, so I won't say Caleb Jones. I'm going to say Miko Koskinen, and Bulls. I'm saying yeah, I'm saying that because <laughs> I think that there will be a, there will be a transaction, kind of like what Tyler said, where it's just Vegas doesn't really like it. Nothing that Edmonton is exposing is really getting them excited, so they'll reach out to us, get a draft pick in exchange for for considerations, and then take Miko Koskinen off our hands.
1: That is bold. I dare to dream, Dan. You're a dreamer, and I respect right. it. right. Tyler, you're next up on my screen. Your way-too-early prediction on who the Oilers lose in expansion.
0: I'm going to say Tyler Benson will be the player the Oilers lose in expansion, and I was kind of reading around a little bit, and and tinkering with the expansion lists a little. And there's actually a handful of like really good young left-handed defensemen that that Seattle can get their hands on. Like Jake Bean is a guy out in Carolina that like he very well could shake loose. And that's a lefty who you you know they would love. And you look in um, in Chicago, they might have to give up a somewhat decent D-man as well. Someone like Nikita Zadarov. And you just kind of go through all these teams, Colorado's another one. They might give up Ryan Graves. And there are so many defensemen around the NHL that could be shaking loose in this expansion draft. And I just wonder if they might sit there and like, I mean, maybe I'm doubting myself a little now saying Benson because they might sit there and go like, ah, oh, you know, you can never have enough good young defensemen and it's good trade bait to have. But I think at some point you can't just pick like 14 defensemen and be like, oh, well, the best available player on every team was a defenseman. And they might look at Benson, a guy who's coming off a great season in the American Hockey League. He'd be on a relatively cheap deal as well because he's still so young. They might look at that and just go, there's a guy with some upside who we think is going to be an NHLer for a long time, and we'll take that guy in our forward group.
1: Rick, who are you thinking?
4: Well, I like that because I'm going to use all those reasons as to why they kind of go off the board here. And I actually saw this on the, on, uh, I was flipping around on the, on the internet yesterday. And, um, Stuart Skinner. So I think if you're, if you are convinced that you've got enough defensemen and you're at a point where you're looking at, we might have to take a chance on the type of player. Um, and you're looking at, you know, it's going to be Benson. You're going to sit there and go, what's our, you know, where's our better chance in winning, uh, in winning this pick. And I think that they, they may think that Stuart Skinner and the Oilers, obviously, as far as I understand, have ultimately given up on them for some odd reason. They have Conor um, so I coming think, over, right? Well, yeah, kind of Balloff coming over. And then you're the, I still anticipate they pick up a quote-unquote number one this year. Yeah. So it's really going to push that middle person out a bit. They're not going to really need them. I think it would make the Oilers really happy to lose a t- uh, type of player they don't see going down in the long run. Um, so, yeah, I think it comes down to somebody off the, off the board a bit, and I can see them going after the goaltender.
0: I just think Edmonton might protect him, right? So the goalies they have to choose from are Koskinen, Staylock, Dylan Wells, Stuart Skinner, and Mike Smith. Smith's a pending UFA. Now, you could realistically not protect him. You're not protecting Koskinen, obviously. So if it came down to Staylock or Skinner, I think the Oilers might choose Skinner. But again, maybe that's a situation where... Fuck, you're duping yourself into losing two guys. And we just talked about how that's a dangerous game to play. But what if... Seattle comes and is like, you know, if you give us the young guy and Skinner, we'll take the old Koskinen off your hands for a year as well. Like, is that something? I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking mm-hmm. though. They leave Skinner unprotected.
4: Yeah, that's fair. I didn't consider the, the, the goaltender, but, uh, you, I, they I think may Seattle actually go and them. keep They may go and keep a guy like Staylock just in case the goaltending UFA yeah. season doesn't go exactly the way they want, but they still mm-hmm. have that guy sitting there. That's uh, a, probably a better safe, a little more of a, uh, a better safety net than, than Skinner.
1: I guess I'll just give the boring answer then just to wrap it up. I think it's going to be Caleb Jones. Um, I was surprised that he was left to me at the, at the last pick, but I'm, I, I would be surprised if it's not Caleb Jones that they'd take. However, because that's boring, my real answer that I okay. wish would happen would be Uncle Ken makes a little bit of a side deal, and all of a sudden Seattle has a marketable face with a million-dollar smile on the side of their building. Steve. Those this teeth has been to Stanley cup finals. He scored 20 goals, nine times in his career. He is a veteran that this team needs. James Neal is the guy. I don't think it'll happen, but that's my hope. That's my, that's my pie in the sky dream and wish. I don't know what kind of side deal uncle Ken would have to make to have that happen, but I'm a dreamer. And uh, that's what I hope is going to happen. So Dan says, Koskinen, Rick says Skinner, Tyler has Benson. I have Jones. Who's your pick? Fair listener, hit us up, Owen radio podcast. I want to know who you think. you're way too early prediction for the who the oilers are going to lose in expansion. I don't think they're gonna get as lucky as they did when Vegas picked up old Griffin Reinhardt who's now playing in China or something. I think I saw yes. last. but uh, they' gonna lose a player. I don't think it's gonna be like I don't think it's crazy. again. everybody also needs to just take a moment here. And thank Todd McClellan for not playing Evan Bouchard years ago when Peter Chiarelli wanted him to making dad exempt from this summer's expansion draft. So thank you, Todd McClellan. Not enough people remember it, but I do. And I'm going to keep thanking you for it because Evan Bouchard is going to be a beauty, despite what Jay said on this podcast about a year ago. A mm-hmm. year and change ago now.
0: <laughs> it was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I was I said a year ago, and then I was like, wait a minute, that was way longer than a year ago. I've been stuck in my house for a fucking year and a half now. Uh, okay. I wanna before we move on, I want to give some love to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. They all have all the products you need. Maybe you've gone to Sherwood Ford. We've talked about them earlier. You got a new Bronco. Now you need some insurance on that whip. You head on over to Cornerstone Insurance and make it happen. They have got all of the products you need, be it your person, your car, your house your business, whatever you need. On the left-hand side of the screen, there's also a link for citizens of the nation. Get yourself a little discount. Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business in Edmonton for 90 years and over four generations. They are fine people with fine insurance prices and they want to help you. Cornerstoneins.ca. Cornerstoneins.ca. We're moving along here a little bit, boys. Uh, I'm going to re... I'm going to give an old segment from North by North Gretz. If you've been around the nation a long time, you'll know that podcast I did a long time ago. We're going to bring back a segment here right away from that one. But first I got to talk about my boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, this week's 31 thoughts from Elliot Friedman. I just remember realized that he's now going to have to do 32 thoughts next year. Mm -hmm. That guy, I would love to get Friedman, just like having a beer with the guy, you know what I mean? And just, if you could do it again, would you rather do like five thoughts or something like that instead of having to write this 5,000 word opus every week?
0: I do like those sometimes like, cause I, I love that blog. It's, it's fantastic. It's a water hose or a fire hose of hockey information. Um, But I like, sometimes you can tell when he was probably at like 29 for the week, cause there'll be one that's like randomly broken up into two. And you're like, that's probably one thought Elliot, but (laughs) he goes through and like slice them up, slice them and dice them, which I love that.
1: I get it too, because a couple of weeks ago in the nation, I decided I had this idea that I was going to do 56 thoughts after a 56 game season. And by the time I got to about 12 or 13, I'm like, oh, this was the worst idea I've ever had. I knocked it out. But I'll tell you that there was a couple of those thoughts that were, you know, not a whole lot. So from 31 thoughts this past week, the point was simple. Tyler tweeted it too. It just says Oilers and Nugent Hopkins are grinding towards common ground. We out here grinding. We out here grinding. Ponies on in the background. We grinding, fam. Now, Gregor also had that both sides are talking back and forth um, on Weathers Nation in one of his articles earlier this week. Friedman says it. Are we just, are we getting this done? Is is this just like, it just seems to me at a point where you're just putting in so much work to not have it get done. Or am I just being hopeful? It
0: it would be very disappointing at this point. If it doesn't get done, in my opinion, like you're right. We've heard that the conversations have been happening since September and like to go eight months of trying to find middle ground. And clearly this is two sides that want to find middle ground. You don't put in this much work. If you're wishy-washy on a player. You only work this hard to bring a guy back if you legitimately love having him in your organization. And that's all we've heard as well is that the Oilers love Nuge, his teammates love him, and Nuge loves Edmonton and his teammates. So I think they need to find common ground. It's probably just a matter of one side, you know, swallowing their pride maybe a little bit. And I don't know which side that'll end up being, but one of these two sides finally just going, you know what, we'll give in. And whether it's the Oilers getting it to be a five-year deal instead of a six-year deal, or Nugent Hopkins saying, "You know what? You threw in the sixth of the year. I'll drop my AAV to closer to five point five million or whatever it needs to be." And I really do think they'll uh, they'll find a way to get this thing done. That that's the way I feel like it's trending in my heart.
1: I just feel like they're putting so much work in it. Like Tyler said, it'd be really disappointing if they just if it doesn't happen and things break. Dan, you said a couple of weeks ago you think Nugent's gone or played his last game in Edmonton. Does this kind of stuff? keep you in that train of thought or are you kind of being like wow they're really working hard on this
2: i'm still i'm still like in my heart of hearts i want him back but i just i just try to keep myself kind of level and and prepared for the worst and then you know when it's life in in
1: a nutshell isn't it
2: well there you go and then when (laughs) it when when things go well for us then then you can be happy but yeah for me it's still i just kind of look at those little tidbits, as yeah, they're talking, but until there's a deal signed, I'm not going to get too excited for it, and just keep keep my uh, keep my expectations low and my hopes high.
1: Rick, you have maintained the entire time. News comes back, still feel that way.
4: Yeah, this stuff happens all the time. I know it's a little bit different for us because we're it's very polarized here in this city, and we really haven't had to go through this type of a situation recently. And in for everybody our age, this is the type of contract we tend to lose players, right? This would have been a Dougie Wade contract. This would have been, I guess, Cujo would have been around this age, I think, this time in his career. Smitty at the airport. Uh, Exactly. I get it. The PTSD kicks in. Um, I just don't see that happening here. Uh, I just see it's getting done. And it's just, it's not out in the public, right? Therefore, we speculate back and forth. People bring up the bad, the good, the whatever. And I bet you things are a lot different if you got into the boardroom and see where they're actually at in terms of... uh, of ironing up all this, all the details.
1: I'd love to know how those Connor and Leon conversations went to in that week after you know, yeah. where Ken Holland said he was going to consult his leadership group. Cause you know, we probably asked, I'd love to know. I just, I got a feeling I'm going to be buying some jerseys here soon, gentlemen, and I'm going to be looking for someone that will give me a deal. We'll <laughs> see what happens. We'll see what happens.
4: Watch, watch them kick in those Royal blues. I, I heard rumors about too, just to give you one more Jersey to buy.
1: I'd be fine with that. I would, that would be, I'm trying to think of what I'll do. So I've committed to buying the jerseys. If he resi- if he signs an extension, I'll do it. But should I split it up into a chunk? Cause like if the Royal blue comes back, that's the one I want. Yeah. That's the one I want. Uh, and then the white one after that would probably be next up on my list. And then from thereafter, but I will get it done. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> uh, other form. Well, I guess this is just former Euler talk friend of the nation. Tom Gazzola had some news that made its way around the old internet machine this week. He was on uh, two guys and a goalie. They were doing their keep it or clip it segment about Taylor Hall signing in Boston. Personally, I just, I'd be surprised if Boston lets him go. I I honestly think that he fit well there. He performed well there. It just seems like he's got a nice spot in Boston. I think it would be a good fit for Tay-Tay to stay there, but
2: I was just going to uh, say the only issue for that, though, is they do have to sign David Krejci. And if they want to sign Tuka Rask, then money does become a number that they might have to try and figure both out. Both those players have said else. they're
4: both those guys have said they're not playing anywhere else. So I think I think they're pretty much sold out. Like they'll take a couple of bucks less. Um might hope but to, to add, to add yeah. Halsey.
0: Yeah. Krejci's made over $70 million in his career. He's 35 years old and he's only played in one city. I think he'll come cheap. And Tuka Rask, they know he's going to be out till January. So they probably won't even like sign him to a deal until late, late in the off season or until they know he's healthy, right? But in that case, you got to replace him, which is an issue as well. But they do have young Jeremy Swayman there. Um, But yeah, I think uh I think Boston will get a deal done with Halsey, but it is interesting to hear the sort of the rumblings.
1: So here's what this was from uh, two guys in a goalie this past week on keep it or clip it. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm going to just clip it.
3: I had a conversation with someone over the weekend that I hated this thought, but said he's coming here and I'm like, Oh my God. So just to be different, I'm going to say clip it. He's going to wind up not in Boston at the start of next season. I'm not saying here, by
1: the way. Tommy screw you
2: buddy. (laughs) This was our chance
0: There
1: you go. So there's Tom Gazzola, perhaps a reunion. People think that Taylor Hall would look great in Edmonton. I think he would look great in Edmonton. If you could just imagine this, gentlemen. You get Nugent Hopkins done on an extension. Okay, that's great. Still got plenty of cap space. And all of a sudden, Taylor Hall is your other left winger you bring in. Your top six is looking a little bit different going into next season. If whoever this mystery caller that Tom Gazzola had, happens to be correct i don't think it's going to happen personally i think he's going to stay in boston but what do you guys think the old terror hall reunion tour
4: i would love to see it happen Uh, i would love to see it on the ice and i think it might be even a little bit more i'd love to see the reaction of people um
1: it'd be incredible
4: but i don't see it happening but mad would i love to see it happen
2: dan I think it'd be really good for uh, for taylor hall personally just to be able to come back exercise his demons prove the haters wrong you know make people love taylor hall again in this city and and yeah but again with all that said it's just it's just flat out not happening because even if he doesn't sign in boston there's also 29 other teams in the conversation as well so it's not like it's not like it's a foregone conclusion that if he doesn't sign in boston he's coming to edmonton but there's uh, probably like
4: nine or ten other teams in the conversation because i don't think he's going to go anywhere that they don't have a very good, very good chance of winning. He, he did know, say that sure. money's not. Lesson, yeah.
1: He did say money's not the issue. He's been like if you talked about <laughs> making plenty of money in his day, Taylor Hall has done just fine for himself. So it's gonna be interesting to see. I, again, I don't think he ends up in Edmonton. I really don't. I would like to see it. First of all, I'd like to see it. Just the argument, Dan. Just think of this. The arguments we could have in Nation HQ if he came back, whenever <sighs> we're allowed to go back to Nation HQ, because there are some very anti Hall people at HQ. There are. Whereas what I argument
4: think- would you have? I would just sit there. there like lean back in your chair put your feet up on the desk and just watch these guys walk in try not to have like too big of a smile on your face don't say a word but just have a nice lifestyle and uh Nice little entrance smile for everybody as they walk in. Cause they don't know well you, what you're saying.
1: I think you got to roll in wearing a Jersey or something. You got to just like, I think, I think that's what I would do. I think no, I m- would just go full heel mode at HQ and just everybody <laughs> who who get really upset about it would just find me very annoying.
2: No matter how heated <laughs> the conversation gets, you just end it with is Taylor Hall still in Edmonton oiler and then, <laughs> and then walk away
1: again. I don't think he's going to end up back at Edmonton, but it would be fun. Like Rick said, the reaction would be outstanding. A-
0: Every offseason, there's one big surprise, right? Where we think one thing is going to happen. We're like, all right, this is a lock. This se-. And then it's a total 180, absolute curveball, whatever you want to call it. And something bizarre ends up shaking down.
1: What's the last one you can
2: remember?
0: Uh, what happened last offseason? I'm trying to jog my brain a little bit. Tyson Berry
2: wasn't really... Tyson Berry was just kind of out of left field, wasn't it? Yeah, Tyson Berry
0: coming to Edmonton was actually like... Pretty surprising. Um, the
2: price tag was really surprising. Yeah, the yeah, price yeah, tag yeah. was surprising for sure. Um, but again,
1: he executed that fucking plan brilliantly. Like, good for him. He did exactly what he needed yeah. to.
2: Well, and it, it, not talking about the Oilers, but for Buffalo getting Taylor Hall for that number was like yeah. that was confusing too, right? It, it it was a that was a bizarre move by him and the team as well.
4: I find it. Well, funny. In, hide, like it. in hindsight, it's actually a really good move for him because he signed with. Hey, if this team on paper had a lot of potential. If it doesn't work out, I'll get flipped at the deadline. 8 mil was about where he was going to – I think that was about right.
1: I think the funny part about the Buffalo scenario, and sorry if you're a Sabres fan listening to this, but uh, last year they're like, oh, Taylor Hall signed as a free agent. We're going to make some now a year later. Taylor Hall's gone. Fucking Jack Eichel's going to be gone. Sam Reinhardt's going to be gone. Half their team's going to be gone. (laughs) He's got the first overall pick, though, so, you know.
2: They all laughed at us. And he's going back to college. Yeah, He's like, Buffalo Sabers fans laughed at us when we were struggling in the decade of darkness. They can enjoy the their own reap their what their rewards. Their two decades of darkness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they didn't really do anything.
4: It was very uh, nice of them to take to to leave Leon for us. So I'm, bagged milk. You honestly should start sending them uh, thank you cards too.
1: Well, I write it every now and then. I I thank the Sabers, but I should also like I should also thank the Panthers for leaving Leon on the board. Cause if you redo it, I don't see anybody going ahead of him. Eckblad's
4: any... a great defense.
2: Oh, he really is.
4: He's a really is. good But he yeah, is.
2: no hindsight now. Yeah. Uh, Leon goes first for sure. Ekblad's injuries and his head injuries is also. Played that a role in his... yeah.
1: Absolutely a bummer. Cause he's a, he's a great player as well. So that's, there's your Taylor Hall news. In case you were looking for it. I know you were. You can say you hate Taylor Hall, but you know, you want to argue about it. You know, you do. <laughs>
4: Go to, HQ, go, to, go to Oilers Nation HQ the day after the Oilers win the cup <laughs> off the stick of Taylor Hall.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if, if Taylor Hall does sign in Edmonton again, just leave a sign outside HQ in the grass like one of those campaign-style signs that just say, I told you so, and we'll just have those all around the yard, and it'll be very entertaining. All right. We are bringing back a segment. If you listen to North by North Gretz 100 years ago in Weather's Nation, you know the segment, Ask the Idiots. Basically, we would have people send in questions for myself, or Chris, the former intern, now the tire guy, and Gene Shores. We would just answer your stuff. And we're going to bring that back because why not? Because why not? Tyler said it earlier. We put out the giant question on social media. Waz put it up on TikTok as well. We've got some questions here, boys. So. Let's run through them in the first segment on Oilers Nation Radio of Ask the Idiots. We should have a button for this, Tyler. I've decided just now. Yeah, some kind of button. We can make that happen, but not today. First off, boys, this is from Huntsy 91. Huntsy 91 wants to know, do you think the future Oilers will have McDavid and Drysaddle together or running their own lines? I'm going to jump in. It's got to be uh, it's got to be their own lines. Those two, I love watching them together and there's going to be ways that you do it You know, after PKs, maybe mix them in with a shift here or there, but I think ideally the team would be better off with both of those guys anchoring their own lines. However, you need the wingers to do it. You need the wingers to make it happen. Tyler, you're up. David and uh, Dries on their own line or no? It's
0: got to be separate. Want to create two absolutely deadly scoring lines. If they pull off this offseason right, the Oilers can walk into next season with the best top six in the NHL. Keep them separate.
1: Rick?
4: Yeah, I'm on te- team separate. Uh, I liked ways of sprinkling them together throughout the game to keep the other team off, keep them on their heels, kind of attack when they're not ready for it. But I think at the opening face off and in the uh, game sheet there, I think it's best they're on different lines.
2: Daniel? You guys could not be any more wrong if you try I'm just joking, you know, that's, that's the uh, that's the only answer. That that's the goal. I mean that's been the goal yeah. as an organization since since both of them really came about. Uh you know, it's it's been the uh, the winger conversation and we have to figure it out this off season. This is Ken Holland's summer to figure it all out.
1: We're gonna see them together at times, you know, power play coming after a PK. There's gonna be times when they're together, but down it's in best. a
2: pivotal situation, yeah
1: it's for the best if they're you on just their
3: lines.
4: just sprinkle it in at, at any time, like throughout the game and throughout the season. Cause yep. I think when the team understands that you can do that at any given time and not necessarily just at the end of a PK or on the, on the power play, it's just like this weird time. He's like, okay, you two go the other Last team, you know, they're getting, the, they're, they're just like pumping anybody out. Oh shit. They're both. Oh, you know, how do you react to that? So yeah, I mean, they could play together, but you'd have to have a really good additions to your team. And I think it's just uh, not really likely that that
1: happens. Jay Wood One asks, "What are your thoughts on the Oilers pursuing Krejci in free agency to play the second line center?" I think we just kind of covered that, really. No,
2: Mm -mm, not happening. No, thank you. I didn't read ahead. I promise.
1: uh, Little Ben, Little Ben Fifty, Little Ben Fifty. This is an interesting one. Most underrated player on the Edmonton Oilers. Most underrated player on the Oilers. Who's everybody got? Underrated. Underrated.
0: I think this year, a lot of the fan base has soured on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and I don't think they really understand how valuable he can be. And I know he had a down year, and I I just think there's a lot of people right now with the whole grass is always greener thing, thinking that some free agent worth three and a half million dollars is like magically as good as Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So that's a bit of a weird one for me. I think he's gotten a little bit underrated by some portions of this fan base and i'm actually gonna i'm gonna throw ethan bear into that conversation as well uh
1: how dare you pick
2: two wow well, sorry guys but <laughs> yeah, like, before we even get one
0: <laughs> i know whatever
2: there's no rules on ask the idiots
0: um i think a lot of people <laughs> like idiots, Ethan bear of and are like answers. They're like, oh, he's a third-pairing defenseman. That's all he'll ever be, blah, 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 And it's like, well, no, he's actually like a really, really good puck mover, solid positionally in his own end. Yes, he has brain farts once in a while. Every defenseman does, but he's 23 years old. Like, take some breath. So I know I took two answers, but those are those are the two, I think.
1: Rick, most underrated over there? Uh,
4: I think you saw it again this year in a really solid year, and I think the a lot of the down talk about him was injury-related that I think it's been... Fingers crossed, fixed up. But uh, Adam Larson, I think uh, he's the type of player that you really, really need. He's really important type of, in the regular season, and he's a guy that would be really valuable in the, in, in the playoffs. Just that steady, stay-at-home type of player. I know people like to uh, shit on him about his puck-moving abilities. I don't think it's as bad as what they say it is. But yeah, same thing. He's got some warts to his game right there, but I think his uh, upside is a lot more up than uh, than down, so I'll give it with uh, Larson.
1: Dan, most underrated
2: oil. I don't know. I just dropped out of the meeting, but I'm back. Uh, I you see go. you.
4: You're not moving, though.
1: No, you're frozen. You're frozen in time. Everybody else is moving. Good answer, Dan. Dan doesn't get an answer. My <laughs> pick for most underrated oiler. Hmm, Tyler already picked Nugent Hopkins. That was going to be my one. Hmm. You know what? Juju Kara. Jujar Kara, when he is playing at his best and playing the way he can, really can anchor the middle spot in the bottom six. He's a big guy. He can move. He can kill penalties. I think that when he's playing at his best, he is a damn good hockey player. And it bums me out that he's so streaky, but say la vie sometimes. And I just needed to pick an answer off the top of my head, so I'm going to go with Jujar because why not? because why not dan you're back i see
2: you i tyler why are you kicking me out of the meeting well i, I, <laughs> you, know, I you know fair enough uh my underrated player i think is going to kind of go along the same lines as what rick was saying about Nuge, where it's just a guy that yeah he had a down year last year but what he was doing away from the puck and and every shift it seemed like it was never a, a problem with him is kyler yamamoto i think the things that he does every night he, he doesn't have a lot of off nights even if he isn't on the score sheet he's still he's still grinding it out in the corner playing way above his weight class when it comes to his physicality uh i love to have him on this team i think he's a he's a solid winger that we don't have to really worry about the right wing for that reason and so yeah for me kyler yamamoto is my most underrated player
1: we got a bunch more questions. I'm just going to do one more. We're going to save some for next week's Ask the Idiots. So I won't get to everybody today, but we're going to do one more. This one's from Roddy Elsebag. Uh, I'm I'm definitely not saying that right. Uh, so Roddy, his question is, do you see a potential trade involving Ethan Bear or Caleb Jones to potentially fill our third line center position? Mm-hmm. That kind of goes into what Tyler was saying earlier about expansion, where... You got a spot with some strength for the Oilers. That would be, you know, left-hand D, especially prospects. Maybe you move somebody to get something done. Uh, I, what do you guys think about that idea? I Kale think Jones or Ethan Bear.
0: If you're moving one of those, you know, promising young defensemen, you're getting more than a third-line center, and it better be in a package for, like, a f- really good top-six winger. Like, if if I'm including Jones, especially if I'm including Ethan Bear in a deal, I'm getting back ricard raquel sam reinhardt one of those guys i can't go a podcast without mentioning ricard raquel that's just the yeah, way i operate
1: tyler's like he's his go-to
0: if they get ricard raquel man i'm gonna have to buy a jersey like there's no way around that I've yeah been it's that
4: in, in that closet already he's just gonna pull it out one day yeah.
1: he just needs to add a number to it
0: if they acquire Ricard <laughs> Raquel and it doesn't work out, I might have to like find a job in a new market. I'm going to go work for Jets Nashville. Nation and just move there. Um, but that's the only way I'm moving one of those two young guys is if you're getting a legitimate impact piece, you can find a good third line center on the free agent market. It's harder to find legitimate
4: top six wingers.
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm with Tyler. So my answer would be if you're trading one of those guys, I would prefer it to be part of a package for something bigger. Dan or Rick?
2: Well,
4: yeah, same, same thing. Same thing here. It's if any one of those guys are going, it's not for that center back. Um, I think before Bear goes, they have Dougie's name on a contract. But uh, I and you might Jones could go somewhere. But if it's not to Seattle, I don't think you're making a trade for him with him
1: either. So I
4: see them both being here.
1: Yeah. All right. So, Dan, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say, like, yeah, the, the, the part that we're not mentioning enough here, I think, is that our defense needs to continue to get better, mm-hmm. not be removed from. So if, if you're moving one of those guys, you have to have brought in a piece that makes that defense better and makes that player expendable, in my mind. That's the, only, the only answer you can have there.
1: I agree with you. So, again, we've got some more uh, questions that came in for round one of Ask the Idiots. We'll get back to it next week. Keep sending them in. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Send them to Waz. Or Tyler, you said we had another comment. This was actually supposed to be for real life, but it came through on for Owen radio instead.
0: Uh, Yeah. So actually I'm just going to give like the whole plug here of how people can do this if they want to. Uh, We set up an inbox for the real life podcast. And the idea is that you can go on there, speak, slash real life pod, and you can record an audio message for us to hear and respond to on the podcast. Um, it's really cool. Super easy. If you go to the real life podcast, Instagram and Twitter, the links in the bio, um, I'm going to listen to them all. So if you drop one in there and just say, Hey, this is for the Oilers nation radio guys. We'll gladly play it on the podcast and, uh, and break down whatever your take is or answer whatever your question is. So electronic Jordan dropped in the first question in the inbox and said it was for Oilers nation radio. So, so here it is.
4: We're
3: still in all the thunder in real life, but Oilers Nation radio can play them too. My question is obviously hypothetical, but what? How short is the list of players you would trade? one for one, salary aside for Leon Drycycl right now, straight up, one for one, no retained salary. hell salary caps are relevant. I guess it probably doesn't matter how many, how short is the list of players you would trade one for one Kucherov? Uh, Wouldn't do Kerry price. I don't think wouldn't do Marc-Andre Fleury way too old. Both of them, uh, McKinnon, uh, I don't know. I'm struggling. Uh, Vasilevsky, maybe. I I would have said Carter Hart last offseason, but that didn't turn out great. I don't know. How short is your list? First
0: off, First of I all, appreciate Electronic Jordan yeah. pondering his own question.
1: I was going to say, I love yeah, that I like he that too. He's right. answering his own question. That's the way to do Good. it. Get all
2: you right. on the show. I honest, he's a part of the show now. Yep. Go ahead, I Rick. I,
4: I, without putting that much thought into it, I think it's, I think it's one i think the, old, the only name he, the sorry
0: only i'm getting a call he... from belgium right now <laughs> That's Belgium's
1: really getting, yeah, yeah belgium wants in on assy idiots
4: <laughs> uh the only guy i think it is is uh is nate and even still i think it's pretty much a across the board trade i don't think we're getting anything we're gonna lose a bit we're gonna win a bit i think it's gonna even out the end and honestly, there's not a goaltender. Uh, I don't think I'm doing it for a defenseman. And in the terms of the, yeah, no, I think it's only name.
1: If anybody else got an answer, because I was going to say either McKinnon, I, I would do it for McKinnon, probably. Yeah, uh, he's a hell of a fucking hockey player. Uh, yeah. But the, off the top of my head, like I'm looking at the guys in Toronto. I love how Matthew scores nice. goals, but I wouldn't do it. Um, if it's
0: cap aside, I might do it. Matthews. Matthews is Matthews. Matthews is fucking good, and he's a little younger. Really yeah, but why wouldn't you do it for Marner instead? Because Marner's better. not as good as Austin Matthews. No, um, Matthews.
1: it's like if you put if you, if you're thinking it through, right? Like, and you put Austin beside Connor, all of a sudden they're fucking those they're yeah. filling the net.
0: But I'm not paying him i I'm not paying him three point one million more. If we're including the contracts, if this is cap world, and you're just trying to trade him one for one, Maybe. I he's only got two more years left. I might do it for Pasternak. Two years where you get David Pasternak as good as he is at almost two million dollars less than Leon Dreisaitl. Pasternak's filthy man. He's so good. No,
4: I agree. I He's agree. A winger was, though, without,
0: so I'm hesitant. But yeah, contracts, the contracts,
4: I he definitely popped in my head for the you know if we we're, weren't considering uh, if it's just straight up whatever. Um, I guess in a situation there might be two or three other names there, but yeah, answer is, the
1: question though. I think the list is minuscule.
2: Yeah,
4: it's, it's like, like two or three
2: players. Three, I'm trying to think about players,
4: it. Maybe
1: I'm trying to think of it. Like,
4: there's not a defense for. No, I'm trying no, to I think. I would, look, no I, would, I would
2: probably, I might do I might be considering doing Kale McCarr just because of his age, just yeah, because you're going to have that player for that long.
0: I might do McCarr. Well, actually, could, that's a great answer. Could, then
2: thanks.
4: you can build a defense. You can build a defense without it, without him. Look at what Montreal. About you can build a forward nope. core without Dry too. Yes. Yeah, but it, I think I think it's easier with them there, obviously.
0: And you you have the best forward in the world, in McDavid. Can you imagine if you get the guy who I mean he's already a Norris candidate, but he's probably going to be the best defenseman in the world in the next twelve months. Like that's
2: Vasilevsky's crazy. only twenty six years old.
0: That's like, goalies become, are voodoo, though, man. Yeah. That scares the shit no out goalie. of me. I wouldn't do goalie. No goalie. I like Makar.
1: That's a tough question, Electronic Jordan. If Makar was, that's if
4: Makar was like Headman size. Maybe I'd be a little more prone to, but I just don't. But see, I like straight like, I hear what up you're the saying, way
2: they but, are. I hear what you're saying, but like you can't look at those two players like talent wise and say it's not close. It's close, it is. yeah. Right. That's where that's where the comparison is. I, I agree with you, Rick. There's more things you would love to see from a Kale McCarr in that kind of a transaction. If He's he had Chris Pronger's size, more, then it's a no brainer. Yeah, but that's but my the advantage of Kale McCarr would be his age. And that's the that's the main thing that would put it over the edge for me. Very close. Yeah,
4: you know, that's for that edge wouldn't wouldn't close it enough for me. I don't think it.
1: It's it's a tough question. If you're listening to this right now and have an answer for Electronic Jordan's question, hit us up. Is this there is a, is a fantastic
4: issue to fucking have? Yeah. Leon's not even our best fucking player. Yeah.
1: No,
0: what an off-season topic. We're struggling with how we would hypothetically trade the second-best player and, on our team. And <laughs> and by by the reigning heart
4: winner.
2: And by the way, we the, looked at... And it, the
1: list is three down I names. was just going
2: to say, it's two players off of one team and one player off of another.
1: It's, it's, so it's an interesting st- question.
2: Strong maybes. Yeah, it's it, like, exactly. None of those are, like, guarantees either, other than I, I would say McKinnon is a no-brainer for me.
1: I would love to hear what people have to say about it because there's, like... I just look and dry settle's getting better too. You know what I mean? So it's just like, mm-hmm. it's a small list. It's a very, very small list. I would love to hear your guys answers. So in radio podcast, hit us up, but first it's time to get to our hot and cold performance of the week. Deuce vodka. It's a Friday afternoon. Tyler, you still haven't tried a Caesar yet. Have you?
0: No, I haven't. That'll be for Tyler I- tries.
1: We need to get a Caesar in, in, in but I, I think I can turn you into a Caesar guy.
2: Okay. Pretty easily.
1: Oh, like a oh, really nice like spice? i've you always like spice? wanted
0: not really no
1: that's okay you don't you
0: have like to have a, to Caesar.
2: Some, some no
1: that's fair but
4: like a smoky barbecue flavor oh that'd, be, that'd nice. be good that'd be nice yeah yeah we can work on something there
1: you guys uh, i'll down do to it at,
4: i'll do it at the pint
1: yeah you get to the yeah, barbecue. oh the, buddy they make we great like, we, at the pint and you get a nice little snack
4: when we opened at first we had like four or five different caesars with you know we had a jack daniels one a tequila one I can put together something for you, buddy.
2: And then you add in that deuce vodka, Rick, and it's just going to make it perfect.
4: Oh, so deuce smooth. V- it might, so smooth, it might fall out right through the glass.
1: So smooth, it, you too might be singing the anthem, you know? <laughs> Deucevodka.com forward slash find us. You can find a store locator there and get yourself a bottle for the weekend, provided that you were of legal drinking age. Gentlemen. Hot and cold performance time. Tyler, get your buttons ready. We're starting with our veggies. And first up on my screen is Nation Dan, your Deuce Fodka Cold Performer of the Week, sir.
2: Well, I'll just throw it out there right away for my Deuce Cold Performer of the Week. The only insider I trust is Frank Saravelli. After that, the list is dead. And one that I specifically <laughs> don't trust is Trina's Oil. And that account continues to put out.
1: I've kind of forgotten his around actually. Pick up rumors and
2: they, but they just they, and and the reason I'm mentioning them is because they just became active again. Garfield has been pumping out them rumors. Tyson Berry's coming back. Darnell Nurse is going to sign an extension. Adam Larson has an extension in waiting. Uh, Philip Larson's coming back, as I put out last week. It's. It's absolutely bonkers. I'm sick and tired of these, of these, (laughs) of these reporters and these people that have inside information that they just throw at the wall and then they delete the tweet afterwards if it doesn't turn out to be true. So, uh, Trina's oil and all you insiders, you're my deuce vodka cold performer of the week. What the hell is going on? Can
0: I just quickly say though, you're talking about like in like you're you're calling that account an insider. That would be like if I was compared and like her and that or that account, whatever it is. And Frank Saravalli is like holding up a thing. beautiful <laughs> sports exactly. car and like a rusty old wagon.
2: Like, hey, just because Frank's just because Frank's profile truck. picture doesn't isn't attractive to you doesn't mean he's a rusty old wagon, okay?
0: How dare you? Also, Elliot Friedman and Chris
2: Johnson, there's like No, they're dead to me. Inside. No, it's just Frank because he's not he's not attached to anybody except for dailyfaceoff.com. Yes.
1: The DFO rundown Monday and Fridays. Who's on today, Tyler?
0: Uh, I'm going to save that because it's
4: my hot performer. All
1: right. Rick, you're next oh. up. Your, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week.
4: Well, I don't know if I can blame. Well, I guess there are a couple people I can blame for this. But it's the fact there's no Oilers hockey on right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything looks so much fun out there. I'm still watching. The arenas look fantastic. Um, well, three of the four anyways. The other one's getting there. Um, but it's just no no Oilers hockey. There's, I, I'm jealous. That's all. It's simple. Petty, but I'm just jealous. So I want, I want my Oilers back. And whoever's running the Instagram account for Oilers Nation, I put a message on there yesterday. I'm really hoping no one really. I don't see a post tomorrow.
1: I'm upset. Uh, make sure Waz is on it. you know what post?
4: You know what post is it. going up? You know what post it is
1: tomorrow? As yeah. far as I'm well, concerned, post- uh, that thank didn't you. Happen.
4: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Unless I'd feel a little frisky tomorrow when I post it because I (laughs) feel a little silly. All right. Tyler, (laughs) you're up next. Deuce Vodka, Cold Perform of the Week.
0: I am going to talk about another sport here. My beloved Toronto Blue Jays are currently shitting the bed and potentially pissing away their season. I am very upset. Their bullpen sucks. They have one of the most exciting young hitters in the majors who is doing historic shit, and they still cannot find a way to get wins. Um, It's just all around a bad time to be a Toronto Blue Jays fan. I am very upset about this. And uh, yeah, the Blue Jays bullpen specifically, you get my cold performer.
3: Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be.
2: How long is the season this year, Tyler?
1: 162. Normal.
2: Is it the it is the 162. Okay. So they're oh, not Fuck, dead. we're just, just getting for, started. Yeah. Just for the record, games Tyler.
4: This is not the worst time to be a Blue Jays fan. I'd like to take you back about another yeah, decade or so that was really bad but yes just that pitching just that little bit of pitching I'm, there that's all it's going to be up, up and over the ladder you're that close
0: they uh, they lead the majors in heartbreaking losses like it's just one run loss after one run loss after one run loss like, oh,
4: three
2: tracks three see games three loss. games
4: in a three games in a row in a row against the Yankees three times they're leading in the seventh three times they lost. That's I tough. know. I know.
1: It's tough in these streets, man. It's <laughs> tough in these streets for hardcore Jays fans like myself. Right. Tyler. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh,
1: my deuce vodka cold performer of the week is uh, Jeff Petrie's bloodshot eyes. Oh yeah, That shit haunted my dreams that night. And uh, I know he didn't go too far into what happened. I know he said his wife warned his kids about his bloodshot eyes. That shit is creepy, man. I I know what happens. I remember a guy I went to high school with. His name was Trevor. And he puked so violently at a bush party that he shot all the blood, (laughs) popped all the blood vessels in one of his eyes, and he had a blood red eye like that for a while. It is weird. So, Jeff Petrie, your creepy eyes, I know you're going to be fine, but your creepy eyes are haunting me, and they are my cold performer of the week.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy. Like all of the pictures that came out of him, man, <laughs> after game two, and he's just like staring at stuff. I'm like, ah, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. All right. Now we end off with some positive news. The bright side from our past week. It is time for the hot performers of the week. Since Tyler won't tell me who's on the DFO rundown. I'll just start with them today. Deuce Flock, a hot performer of the week, sir.
0: Today, we had the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets on Brad Larson. And uh, it's a name you probably don't know, but this is a former player who played like almost 600 games between the NHL and the American League, has grinded it out for a decade in the Blue Jackets organization, assistant coach in the AHL, head coach in the AHL, assistant coach in the NHL over the last seven. He's finally getting his look. And uh let me just say this, the answers he gave, like he was, he was just so authentic. Like he would sit there, take the question in, think about it and then go off for like four and a half minutes on the subject. You, we asked him about Patrick line. He was blunt about what happened with line and torch. We asked him about Seth Jones he doesn't dodge the question. We ask him to, you know, say something about Todd McClellan, who coached him in junior. He says, Todd McClellan's got a massive head. Uh We asked him who it's was true. Big. I
1: sat right behind him during the playoffs. Yeah. Huge head. We <laughs> asked him
0: uh, who's in better shape himself or his friend, Jared Bednar. He said avalanche coach, Jared Bednar, just focuses on weights and bulking and cutting and doesn't have any sort of cardio. He was hilarious. <laughs> he was insightful. It was a lot of fun. The interview today, a DFO rundown. With uh, with new Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson gets my hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name,
1: Rick. You're up next. Duesvag hot performer of the week. After that story, there, I think I should give
4: it to Mr. Bednar because I absolutely hate cardio and you go to the gym for the you weight. The I, muscles, I, dig, I dig that. I dig that. Okay, but this was back to last Saturday. Last Saturday afternoon, this is goes out to the medical crew at the Euro. Oh yeah um yes. i think everybody else knows this by now uh, christian erickson had some sort of terrifying medical experience where i know there's rumor they did cpr you know chest compressions or whatever i i don't know what exactly what i don't ever say there was this side of the other thing that doesn't really matter but whoever um took care of him did or didn't keep him alive or whatever the heck happened there all those people there uh yeah no they deserve this and a lot more because that was a terrifying incident that could have been a hell of a lot worse so we'll give uh the shout out to the the medical crew at the euro ah, button.
2: oh button fuck me <laughs> i wish i hope that we can have a clip of you scrambling yes. there just like <laughs> hands go up in the middle yeah
4: with i want that as a button too like the to quiet oh fuck me
1: <laughs> yes the thing that too about um the eric situation is with medical professionals the fact that they do it like under such pressure yeah. of a building full of people watching and it's life or death in the moment it's just it's and you know, it's, those people are incredible
2: and They're you're 100 right and it's one thing for everybody i think listening to this a lot of people listen to this. They play rec hockey, you play soccer, all that kind of thing. Make sure you know where the defibrillators are because that's a super important thing that could save a life. And in this situation, it did. So yeah, it's a, it was a great, great call by you, Rick. That's a that's a good Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week.
1: Mr. Nation, Dan, you're next up though with a Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. What got gotcha?
2: Well, that was going to be mine, and it was actually going to go to the defibrillator um, as well. But uh, I'll give it to a boy that we've mentioned a few times on this podcast. One of our boys, our new guys to the nation, uh, Waz. For all the content that he's been putting out there, he's putting his face onto a TikTok stream talking about the Oilers getting swept now for – Three weeks, four weeks. Everybody else has kind of moved on from it. Woz has to keep making content for it because we tell him he has to. So, uh, Woz, you're my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer the Week for slugging it out in these summer months. And you've only got another four or five to go, buddy.
1: It, it was funny. I was talking to Woz. He's just like, so... How do you guys keep pumping out content during the summer? (laughs) I was just like, you gotta get creative, man.
2: Yup. Content don't stop
1: around here, and you know what? Need to do the page views, so we need more content. He's like, so can I get weird? I'm like, buddy, get weird. It's fucking off season. Tequila tequila
4: helps. Vodka helps. A little nation beer helps. You know what you got to do? What you got to do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wrap things up. (laughs) Do vodka hop hot performer (laughs) of the week. I'm just gonna give it to citizens of the nation. We launched a flowery Oilers Nation hat recently, like not long ago. Sick. And it is a sharp looking lid, and we sold out of it like that. You guys are the best, always supporting us with new gear drops, content on the site, with podcasts like this one. Also, one of my favorite parts about all of you guys, the listeners, is on our Tuesday meeting when Tyler runs through the podcast have been doing. And I get to hear him talk about how well weather's nation radio is performing versus the other podcast I'm on, which is the nation real life podcast. So all of you listeners, you're listening, you're downloading, you're subscribing, you're telling cousins, you're telling coworkers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
4: are, are we beating them? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah all right. Fair Oilers enough. Weather's
1: nation radio gets essentially <laughs> correct double? Me if I'm wrong we get the same number of downloads in a week doing one episode as real life gets with two
0: yeah um and also shout out to everyone who is uh battled through the audio as we uh as we go through our pandemic year as well i know sometimes there is crunching and internet shitting out and all of that but we try to keep the content good and we got the new studio being built down in the down in the river valley there so one day we'll be back To A plus audio, um, but to the people who keep leaving reviews and saying that this podcast needs a better (laughs) producer, I will fight you on that. And I will say it's not my fault.
1: So just to wrap it up, my dudes, Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is Citizens of the Nation for selling us out of that summery hat. I didn't even, it sold out so fast, I didn't even get a chance to get one. I know, me too, I'm pissed. Uh, And then secondly, just for making this podcast grow, even in off-season months. I'm very, very grateful to all of you for listening. It's a good time for us to do it. And I'm thankful that you guys listened to it. So all of you, Hot Performer of the Week. Woo!
3: Friday, baby! Yeah, let's celebrate Friday!
1: Woo! It's true. It is Friday, and I will celebrate. Uh, Lastly, just to finish up the housekeeping items on my list, Dave Tippett finished 13th in voting for the Jack Adams. Uh, I was not surprised by that at all. I know some people thought he may get a little bit higher than that. I wasn't surprised uh nods or say yes or nay was anybody surprised by Dave Tippett finishing 13th and Jack Adams
2: no I'm pleasantly surprised he got some votes there you go Dan oh a little bit I
4: think like six seven eight like I'm not getting out too worried about it but I mean the way the team performed throughout the regular season 13 does seem to be kind of uh high but I'm not losing any sleep T- about it
2: To you guys, when I say the Jack Adams Award and I say the GM of the Year Award, which one do you think is more the Most Improved Team Award?
0: jack adams the gm award is like who's gone the furthest in the playoffs that's like every year it's like three two guys that are in the final four and one guy who had a good regular season and lost out early and the jack adams award because they vote on it earlier is typically like oh most improved or like hey here's a coach who was a great story like rod brindamore this year oh what a great story he's he's got the jack adams but like a lot of these guys writing can't and like i can't either so maybe i shouldn't talk but like not a lot of guys voting for this award are like breaking down systems when they're, when they're doing yeah. it.
1: And the GM award, I can't get behind it because Peter Chiarelli was nominated for that award. Yeah. And all he did was literally show up and draft McDavid. So well, uh, screw that award. Thank you.
2: I'm thinking <laughs> that the NHL did some funny business there because usually the GM that wins the Stanley Cup the year before is nominated. But I think that the NHL didn't want that attention because that GM is now uh, circumventing a cap and all that good stuff. The no, professional so.
0: writers would have, a, would have a, something to say if the NHL stepped yeah, in and was suppose. like, you're not allowed to vote for this guy. Also, can I say, while well, we're on the topic of like reasons I love this podcast, we're getting close to the hour 20-minute mark, which is fine with me. But we can take the smallest thing and turn it into <laughs> like seven minutes of content. You were like, quickly, guys, yes or no? Dave Tibbet, Jack Adams? And now here we are like, still talking. We can say, you and be like, so the Oilers are changing the shade of color on the blue lines on the ice and they'd be like all right well here's what's going to happen it's going to be easier to review things and we'd go off about it
1: well then tyler you're going to love this because the last thing i had on my list was the 15th anniversary of the fernando Pisani ot goal in ot we can't talk about it next week because it happened this past week i just want to real fast where were you i was at beer hunter in st albert r.i.p now closed and and the goal was scored. A pitcher of beer got launched in the air, sprayed everybody. I hugged a room full of strangers. It was a great time for 21-year-old bag milk. Rick, where were you at?
4: Uh, I was at my, my place of work at the time is the Moose Factory. And I was sitting there standing at the bar because I can't sit in the type of situation like that. And we went to overtime and I was terrified. We went down by one player. I was even more terrified. I'm not so sure my heart was beating anymore. I think I was crouched behind two chairs as it was going. And then I think that play took about an hour and a half to, uh, by the time he touched it at the blue line before he scored. And it went from absolute terror to absolute joy in a flick of a second. And it was absolutely fantastic. I've been chasing that high ever since. <laughs> Dan? The Connor the, the, the lottery was damn close. Pretty good. Dan?
2: Um, well, I had just actually started a job working as a bouncer and I was – in the process of breaking up my first ever fight uh, where I got punched by an actual sitting MLA in the fight. So I didn't actually see the goal until after the fight (laughs) was over. It's, it's a weird story to tell, but uh, yeah, got punched in the stomach by a sitting MLA. I was shocked that somebody had decided to punch me and then, uh, and then broke that up. And then I was like, Oh yeah, the Oilers scored sweet. Uh,
1: lastly, Tyler, you were imagine eating alfagetti or something. You were very young.
0: Yeah, very young. I was probably already in bed. So that, there you
2: go. Uh, All right. Talking to your dad.
1: There we go. Happy 15th anniversary, Fernando. You took over the city that spring and I'll never forget. I'll never forget.
0: I see him around St. Albert like once a month. The other day I just pulled up to a light. And he was when I was going through the intersection, he was on the other side waiting to turn left. And I was like, oh, that was Fernando Bassani in his car. I saw him at the grocery store once, too. He's
1: always around. So as a producer of this podcast, you you need to rip in front of him and slam on the brakes, refusing to let him move until he agrees to be a guest.
4: Holding up traffic. Thank you. I would say thank you to him every time I see him in public.
1: Maybe just get a sign for your car, Tyler. Just like hold it up if you see him in your car. You know, thank you.
0: Fernando, text me.
2: Just hold your uh, just hold your <laughs> phone up and play the Abba song. Yes, just like the old the old boombox right oh. above your head. Just stand next to him.
1: My heart, oh, my heart too. It just there was something in the air that night. All right, from Sherwood Ford's, it's the last the dishes. Time I
4: felt something. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> from Sherwood <laughs> Ford's, give the dishes, cornerstone insurance, and Deuce vodka. I want to say thank you for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, episode one forty four, for the boys for giving me an hour and twenty some odd minutes of their time, and for Tyler for not cutting us off. Thank you for being here. We'll talk to you guys next Friday. Have a great weekend,
2: everybody. Shout out Brad Larson.
1: Best wishes. Thanks
2: for listening to Oilers
3: Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.